California, and he joins us now. What's your reaction, Leo? <laughs> Ainsley is embarrassing for London Reed. She has lost control. I threw a wish in the well. Don't ask me, I'll never tell. I looked to you as it fell, and now you're in my way. I trade my soul for a wish, pennies and dimes for a kiss. I wasn't looking for this, but now you're in my way. Your stare was holding, red chain skin was showing. I'm still driving, I ain't slowing down There's rules I'd love to break and bend Mistakes I've made again and again But I tell you this, my friends, I'm still around I hit it hard, man So far, man No laying up, no holding back Good Thursday morning, St. Louis, and all points north, east, south, and west. We welcome you in. This is the Window World, King's Court, on KevinSlaytonShow.com. KevinSlaytonShow.com. This is where we come live Monday through Friday, 7 to 9 Central Time, bringing you the unvarnished truth backed by facts and evidence. Always backed by facts and evidence. We like to use people's own words to prove what lying scoundrels they are. And it isn't hard. But we also like to look at the happy moments of life. For instance, today, it's the opening of the Masters. And if you're a golf fan, this is a high Holy Week for you. Yes, it's Holy Thursday. Tomorrow's Good Friday. Holy Saturday follows that. And then he is risen on Easter Sunday. And golf fans have a secondary Holy Week because Augusta National is the mecca of golf. I know, I know the old course at St. Andrews. It's where everybody wants to play. But I think most golfers would love to play Augusta National too. And this is the Masters, the only tournament of the Grand Slam events that is played on the same course in the same location every single year since its inception. Bobby Jones created it. 
and here we sit. And it's loaded with tradition, as any golf fan will be able to tell you. And that's the beauty of it, right? The beauty of it is its tradition and, of course, its enduring moments, so many of, of which we can't even count. But one of the traditions is the champion's dinner, and it dates back to a letter on March 31st, 1952, written by none other than the great Ben Hogan to Clifford Roberts at Augusta National Golf Club. Dear Cliff, now this was the idea of Ben Hogan. This is a little trivia for the Masters that you may not know. I wish to invite you to attend a stag dinner, back when they used the term stag dinner, at the Augusta National on Friday evening, April 4th at 7.15. It's my wish to invite all the Masters champions who are going to be here, plus Bobby Jones and you, Cliff Roberts. The latter has agreed to make available his room for the dinner party, and I hope you can be on hand promptly at 7.15. My only stipulation is that you wear your green coat. Cordially yours, Ben Hogan. And thus began the yearly tradition of the Masters Champions Dinner. This year it was Scotty Scheffler, the defending champion. The defending champ picks out the menu. It was a steak dinner for all of the former champions that were gathered there. There's a picture on social media of all of them in their green jackets. From Jack Nicklaus and Gary Player and those who preceded them, right on through to Tiger Woods and up to last year's champ, Scotty Scheffler. A Texas-sized steak dinner. Scotty Scheffler is a Texan. And that's what they had at the champion's dinner. But even more traditional and more emotional is the honorary starters that come out Thursday morning. They've had the big three of golf forever, Jack Nicklaus, Gary Player, and Arnold Palmer. And then when Arnold Palmer left us, it was Tom Watson's turn to step in. But when I play this for you, there's only one thing that's coming next, right? Augusta National Golf Club in Augusta, Georgia, CBS Sports presents the Masters. It does not get any better than that. The golden voices of the Masters, Jim Nance first and then Pat Summerall, and CBS has held the Masters forever. If you recall when they went through um, the female protester, I can't think of her name now, she escapes me because she's irrelevant to time and history. She tried to stage a boycott of Augusta National because they didn't have any female members. And Hootie Johnson was the president of Augusta National at the time. He was a multimillionaire South Carolina banker. And he said, we'll have female members at our choosing, but not at the end of a bayonet. That was in a letter that he wrote to her. Martha Burke, that was her name. And so when she showed up at Augusta National, they promptly escorted her off the property and told, showed her to a vacant lot down the street. Hold all the protests you want, but you're not allowed on the grounds. <laughs> 
She tried to bring pressure on the sponsors of the telecast, Coca-Cola and others. And you know what Hootie Johnson and the Masters membership did? They sent a letter to CBS and said, don't worry about airing commercials on the Masters this year. We'll foot the bill and reimburse you. It's something like 10 or $15 million at the very least in those days. And they paid it. And from that point on, the Masters has carried very few commercials. It's almost commercial-free. But those voices can never be forgotten. I mentioned Tom Watson. He described when he was called and asked to be the honorary starter with Jack Nicholas and Gary Player. Well, I felt uh, honored to be out there. Um, when uh, Chairman Ridley called me, I was kind of expecting maybe that he would, might ask me to be an honorary starter, but I was... Uh, I was overjoyed and, and uh, basically humbled because I don't I, I the way I look at these go, these old go, old goats right here <laughs> that uh, I can't carry their shoes. Uh, I, I, I don't kind of belong in the same realm as uh, as these two players here. But I uh, I was very honored to be selected. And Ricky Fowler, who is one of the great players on tour, but has never won a major, including the Masters is one of the players who was promptly there at 7 a.m. every Thursday morning on the opening day of the Masters to watch the tradition unfold. When the Golden Bear tees off, when Gary Player, the Black Knight, tees off, and Tom Watson, Kansas City's own, and a multiple Masters winner himself, he was very humble in describing his comparison to Nicholson Player. Tom Watson is one of the great players of all time. Won a British Open, or almost won a British Open, I should say, in his 60s. Came down to the last hole, and he lost by a shot. So, Tom Watson, you belong, and Kansas City's proud to have you there. Of all of the great moments in Masters history, and there have been so many, it's unfair to single one out. I think most people would agree with me when the one I single out is presented. It's like the, I know it's crazy, it's like the Kennedy assassination or 9-11. You always know and remember where you were when that happened. If you're a Masters golf fan, you remember where you were the moment Tiger Woods chipped in on the 16th hole after hitting his tee shot over the green, facing an impossible shot where he had to chip it up on a hill and have it roll down to the hole. It was impossible. I know where I was. I was in the American Airlines private pub, whatever you call those, in the Dallas-Fort Worth airport, returning from Europe after having done NFL Europe games. And I couldn't wait to get to a TV because I knew the Masters was on. And this was 2005. Tiger was in his prime. Vern Lundquist, who was in the 16th Tower at Augusta forever, it seemed. And Lanny Watkins was there with him broadcasting the action. Here's how they described what happened next. And uh, he's picked out a landing spot that is a good 25 feet above the hole. There's a good chance he doesn't get this inside the Marcos ball. Now, here it comes. Oh, my goodness. Have you seen anything like that? 
This guy's pretty good. Yes, Vern, he was pretty good as it turned out. And no, in my life, I have never seen anything like it. A pre, pre, a pre-Tiger shot or subsequently. Remember, you heard the hesitation. The ball stopped on the lip of the hole with the Nike logo facing the camera. Nike garnered ungodly amounts of free advertising from that shot. And boy, they used it in their ad campaigns. And then when it fell, the roar through Augusta's pines reverberated for days. It was one of the great moments of all time. And later, in subsequent years, Vern Lundquist sat down and, and talked about that moment and described it and an amazing piece of information that none of us knew. Believe me, uh, you jumped up uh, when, when he hit that shot and it came to rest. I had to push the cough key because I could feel myself tearing up. And I thought, we're not going to have a breakdown on national television. It was not the appropriate. And so I, I kept the cough key down until I got my composure back. Uh, and the enormity of this story in so many respects uh, is, is overwhelming. You're so right, Vern. It was overwhelming. But how about that? Vern got so emotional he had to hit his cough switch. No one knew that story. But there aren't many like it. I'm telling you, that was a story for the ages. And as we get ready for the Masters to begin in earnest today, Tiger Woods is playing. And if he makes the cut, he will be tied for the most consecutive cuts made at Augusta National, 23 years or not, I shouldn't say 23 years in a row because he had to sit out for injuries, but 23 consecutive cuts he will have made at the Masters. He'll be tied for first in that category. He has made the cut every single time he's played there. And that indeed was the last major that he won at Augusta National after he came back from everything that had happened in his life. From injuries to infidelities to horrible publicity to all kinds of humiliation, Tiger Woods came back and won the Masters. It was Bobby Jones's dream, Bobby Jones's club, Bobby Jones, who still today sits as the only holder of all four major trophies in the same calendar year. There is the Tiger Slam. Tiger held all four at the same time but not in the calendar year. He lost the Masters, then he won the U.S. Open, the British, and the PGA in that year, and then the following spring won the Masters. So he had all four of them at the same time, but not in the same calendar year. So who will don the green jacket on Sunday, Easter Sunday this year? Hopefully it's on Easter Sunday because they're calling for some bad weather over the weekend, and it may be pushed back to Monday. But this is it for me. I'll be glued to the TV. It is gavel-to-gavel viewing the most beautiful course. Good grief. The azaleas are in full bloom at Augusta National, and the tradition drips from the trees. Different holes and different markers are named. There's the Eisenhower Bridge because of the former president playing there. There's all kinds of different. Every hole has its own name. And they're teeing off now in the ceremonial 
event down in Augusta. It's just magic for a golf fan. What isn't magic is the state of this country, and it keeps getting crazier and crazier, and now all of a sudden what happened yesterday? Another Democrat decided to leave the Democratic Party. Trish Cotham from North Carolina made the announcement. As long as I have been a Democrat, the Democrats have tried to be a big tent. But this now where we are, modern-day Democratic Party, has become unrecognizable to me and to so many others throughout this state and this country. The party wants to villainize anyone who has free thought, free judgment, has solutions, who wants to get to work to better our state, not just sit in a meeting and have a workshop after a workshop. Carpe diem to Trisha Cotham, you made a wise choice. That's one more in the House that the Republicans don't have to hold on to. She's theirs. You don't hear of any Republicans switching to the Democrat Party, do you? No, you haven't. But they're starting to trickle in from the other side. And truthfully, think about it. If you were a Democrat and you were in Congress... Honestly, how could you live with yourself? I don't think I could live with myself. I'd have to do something. And she made the right call. And in the atmosphere of insanity that reigned during the Donald Trump arraignment the other day, keep in mind the Democrats, the liberals, are always doing something to distract you from what's really going on over here. They want you to look over there. So they wanted you to stare at Donald Trump, and they hoisted all of their media colleagues in to distract you while James Comer was hard at work in Congress tracking Joe Wuhan Willie O'Tala Biden's documents that he stole as vice president and has now tracked them all the way to, drumroll please, Chinatown. That's right, Chinatown in San Francisco. Next to a Chinese diner. What? That's a pretty secure place for top classified documents. Are you kidding me, James Comer? The documents were moved from the vice presidency to at least three different locations in a personal vehicle. And while they were in three different locations, we don't know. They weren't stored behind any lock. One of the locations was in Chinatown. Another location was in the Penn Biden Center, which might as well have been Chinatown by looking at where their money was coming from. Yeah, he's right there. And guess how they know this? Kathy Chung flipped on the big guy. She was Hunter Biden's secretary or whatever, jack of all trades. And she's the one who moved the documents. If you remember, Biden tried to dump her into the gutter when the revelations first came forward that he had taken top classified documents that he could not take. He had no authority to take them. He had no power to declassify them. He was a senator, then a vice president. Neither office has that kind of authority. Only the president can declassify documents. So I get a charge out of this clown who who claims that he takes it so seriously having documents strewn everywhere 
Apparently nobody watching over them. Anyone that came near them had access to them. No security whatsoever. Pelosi herself wanted everybody to feel like, hey, Chinatown's as safe as can be. To say to everyone, we should come to Chinatown. Precautions have been taken by our city. Uh, we know that there's a concern about tourism traveling all throughout the world, uh, but we think it's very safe to be in Chinatown. <laughs> that was during the pandemic that she was part of. Come on into Chinatown. We don't want you to skip Chinatown. We need Chinese votes. <laughs> so apparently, with her stamp of approval, Chinatown was a fine place to store top secret documents. And that's where Biden stored them. But remember him telling us that we all know how seriously he takes documents. People know I take classified uh, documents and classified information seriously. The best of my knowledge... The kinds of things they picked up were things that from 1974 and stray papers. There's nothing there. I have no regrets. I'm following what the lawyers have told me they want me to do. It's exactly what we're doing. There's no there there. Well, there is a there there, and there is Chinatown. And don't you love how he describes his crime as, hey, you know, don't pay attention to this. It was 1974. Yeah, I murdered five people, but it was 1974, so it's not a crime. I took those documents in 1974. How is that a crime? That's what he's trying to tell you. And by the way, to the best of my knowledge, they were stray papers. The only thing stray he collects is cats. Stray papers. (laughs) I doubt that anyone has stray papers just sitting around. You certainly haven't knowingly transported transported them in personal vehicles to different locations around the country, have you? And if you did, you'd know about it. And if you did, there'd be a reason for it. No one transfers their stray papers. If you come upon stray papers in your home, as I have done before, I throw them away. Nobody keeps stray papers. They're meaningless. And by the way, it was 1974. Forget it. It's not a crime. Next thing you know, they'll tell you that I took some in 65. It's not a crime either. It's a long time ago. It's not a crime. (laughs) It's too good to be true. But he says, we all know, people know how seriously he takes it. I love it when a political hack liar, pathological liar like Biden tells you what you know. All people know. No, we don't. What we do know is you're a hopeless liar, that you need psychiatric help for your pathological lying. Forget the dementia. Forget the early onset of Alzheimer's. You're a pathological liar, always have been, and you've always needed psychiatric help for it. You also need a psychiatric help for your despicable bigotry. You are one of the all-time racist bigots in this country. It's hard to believe that the country produced someone like this guy, but then we remember Bull Connor. And I don't put anyone's name in lockstep with Bull Connor very often. But Joe Biden belongs there. If there was a Mount Rushmore of bigots in this country, you'd see Bull Connor and you'd see Joe Biden. You can fill in the other two. But those two would be there for sure. You might want to toss George Wallace up there. I know some people would. 
But he would have to be so much separated from those two because he can't he can't carry a candle to their bigotry. But that's Biden, the guy who needs help. Remember the media back then uh, telling us all, hey, don't try to compare this with Trump's documents. And they're right, we shouldn't, because Trump's documents that he left the White House with are declassified by him. He's president. He has that authority. And they're under lock and key in a room guarded by the Secret Service. So the media people are right. Don't make the comparison, although they're drunk with stupidity and claim that Biden did it the right way. Joe Biden's team, his lawyers, did exactly what you do in this situation. This has no relation, no similarity to what Donald Trump did playing games out in Mar-a-Lago. We all know that Trump is a liar and a thief. You know? You know so it's not that big a jump to say that he obstructed and he lied. We don't think that Biden is a liar and a thief, so we give him the benefit of the doubt. You're comparing apples to oranges. We all know that Trump is a liar and a thief. He really ought to sue her. I know the standard's uproariously high. But he really ought to sue her. As our research assistant says, a third person on the Mount Rushmore of bigots is LBJ. (laughs) That's very true. I I forgot about him. (laughs) And his his liberal use of the N-word in recorded conversations. That stupid moron. But there's Bahor. He's a liar and a thief. A liar and a thief. What has Donald Trump even been accused of ever stealing? Nothing. It's incredible that she says it's not a jump to think he broke the law in taking documents with him from the White House. It's not a jump, Bahor. It's a gigantic leap over the Grand Canyon to go from point A to point B in that discussion. He had authority to declassify. His documents are under lock and key, guarded by the Secret Service. Nobody's getting to those at Mar-a-Lago. Nobody. They weren't transported to several different sites. They weren't left unattended. Incredible. And then she actually had the nerve to say, we don't think Biden's a liar and a thief, so we give him the benefit of the doubt. What functioning brain, I don't care what your political persuasions are, but what functioning brain in the world, not just this country, comes to the conclusion that Joe Biden is not a liar? Do you even understand what a liar is? I guess Bahor doesn't recognize a liar because she is a liar. And she'd hate to have to admit it. But anyone who publicly states that Joe Biden is not a liar? What's wrong with you? You demented old lady. Peter Schweitzer gets it. He's one of the great investigative reporters of our time written several books on the corruption of this country and these politicians. And he loves the Biden response to all of this. First of all, the Biden response was sort of the Hillary Clinton response when it came to that server. It was the classic appeal to authority. We know what we're doing. There's no story here. We're following protocol. They weren't following protocol. And the reason this is such an important story, in my mind, is 
These documents, as you pointed out, were not sort of sequestered away behind Secret Service protection in a lockbox in somebody's private residence. These documents in, were in areas where there was a lot of activity. I mean, we know about Hunter Biden's ties to China. Remember Tony Blinken, who's now Secretary of State. He was running the Biden Penn Center. He also had a side business called West Exec, and one of their jobs was helping institutions to keep their Pentagon contracts while at the same time collecting money from China. Uh, and we know the money that was flowing to the Biden Penn Center. So this is a huge problem. It's a huge problem in a real country, but we don't live in a real country anymore. This would have been a real problem for any politician 10, 15 years ago before Obama got in, actually more than 10 years ago. Before Obama got in and corrupted the entire office of the presidency. I love it when a liberal says, I just wish uh, Trump was more presidential. Of course, they got that term from the media. The, ter- the term means nothing. But that's what the media kept saying about Trump. He's not presidential. Just another attempt on the media to massage your mind into thinking things like that. It's incredible. I have a guy who is a, of liberal persuasion that I worked with for years. He texted me the other night. Hadn't talked to him in a long time. And he said very clearly, I just, I love Trump's policies. I just wish he was more presidential. And I texted back to him, what does that even mean? The bottom line is, put your distaste for Trump aside and vote for what's good for you and your family in the country. You don't have to like a guy. Good Lord. When did you, when did the, you have to like the president? Do you like it? Let's put it this way. Did the Patriot players like Bill Belichick while they were winning six Super Bowls, going to nine? Did the Green Bay Packers like Vince Lombardi when he won five titles in nine years? They all respected him. They all recognized that they were champions because of him. But no one spoke glowingly about what a great guy he was. Let's go have a beer with Coach Belichick and Coach Lombardi. You don't have to want to have a beer with Trump, though I do. I'd love to have a beer with him. I think it would be a blast. We could go out there and have a nice Heineken no-alcohol beer because I know he doesn't drink alcohol either. So that would be perfect for us. No Anders Bush products, please. Leave them in the dumper where they belong. Let the trannies drink them. It's their beer of choice. At least that's what Anheuser Bush thinks. What a pack of idiots. It's just another black mark on the city of St. Louis, isn't it? Even the iconic brewery is no longer iconic. And it's now known for all of the wrong reasons. That's how fast you can undo however many years the brewery's been around, 150 years. That's how fast you can undo everything that came out of that company that was good and turn it into one single remembrance. They'll always be known for what they did the other day. Always. That's one of those genies you can't put back in the bottle either. But as bad as St. Louis is, think of Chicago. I know it's hard to it's hard to brag about St. Louis because you can't. Look who we have as mayor, look who we have as prosecutor, look at our governor. But Brandon Johnson being elected as mayor, this is a black progressive who hates the police. Those attributes 
not, not the black part, but the progressive who hates police, those attributes should render you unelectable in Chicago, where black youths get murdered every single day. Every day. What have they done to try to stop it? Nothing except one thing, defund the police. That's Chicago's version of stopping violence. Take away all the safeguards, and let's count on the goodness of the criminals to stop behaving badly. (laughs) Beautiful stuff, Chicago. You'd have to have rocks for brains to visit that town anymore. I used to love going to Chicago. Wouldn't go near it. Wouldn't go near it. So you've got this bigoted, illiterate, police-hating, socialist activist as your new mayor. That's such a thing of beauty, Chicago. Hey, Brandon Johnson, does your election mean a different Chicago? Tonight is just the beginning. With our voices and our votes, we have ushered in a new chapter in the history of our city. To the Chicagoans who did not vote for me, I care about you. I value you. And I want to hear from you. Sure you do. So you didn't vote for him, Biden. Remember, Biden said he's not president of the blue states. He's president of the entire country. And then he talks about MAGA Republicans as being Nazis. These people are psychotic liars. I mean, they really are. In your wildest dreams, you couldn't lie like they did and actually go to sleep. Yeah, I want to hear from you, all you people who hate me. (laughs) Give me a call. Tell me what you want. Tell me you want more police. I'll listen. I'll hear you out. His election is the Chicago Police Department's worst nightmare. We tend to limit our conversations around toughness and more police officers. And what has been proven over and over again, that is not a recipe for absolute success. What the Fraternal Order of Police um, leader um, has said, that doesn't necessarily reflect um, the values of the city of Chicago. Police officers are showing up to 911 calls, responding to domestic challenges that, quite frankly, should have a mental health support um, person there that, that leads that interaction. Exactly. You got a domestic shootout going on, and the cops shouldn't be the ones that should respond and lead the way. It should be a psychologist. How many psychologists will volunteer to go into a shootout and lead the way? Any? If you find one, you found a person who's suicidal. But according to this fruitcake and the rest of those liberal fruitcakes, this is a job for a psychologist. Go in there and tell that violent criminal who's about to shoot his wife, Hey, sir, now you can calm down. Why don't you hand me that gun? He'll hand it to her, all right, between the eyes. But it won't happen because no psychologist or psychiatrist, these are smart people, by the way, not one of them is so dumb that they'll go into a domestic squabble or any violent crime situation and be the leading person. Hey, I'll take the lead here. Don't you want a gun? Nope, nope. I'm a psychiatrist. I'll take the lead. They'll respect me. They have mental health problems. They'll listen to me. (laughs) This is how stupid these... It's just insanity. How could Chicago even claim to be a city anymore? With that kind of... That's mind-numbing stupidity. 
Gianna Caldwell, who lives in Chicago, whose own brother was gunned down in one of these senseless acts of murder. What did the election of Brandon Johnson mean for Chicago? The horrific result we saw with the election of Brandon Johnson, to me, was the signing of thousands of death certificates of people who don't have to die because of the policies in which he's advocated for. This is a guy who's uh, defunded the police, who's, who's advocated for that, who's defended rioters and looters, who's not thought about public safety, who the police department, the police union, rather, has said that multiple police officers would resign with his election at stake. You know, when we think about what Mayor Lori Lightfoot has done, I think across the spectrum, Democrats and Republicans have all agreed that her leadership was horrific. Brandon Johnson stands to be worse than her. Wow. Worse than Beetlejuice. Now, that's a challenge that anyone who accepts that, you have to sit up and take notice. Watch me. I can be worse than Beetlejuice. Huh? Is that possible? Well, he's going for it. Gianna Caldwell thinks it's not only possible, but it's going to happen. Now, it's not as though Brandon Johnson hides his agenda. He's openly admitting that Chicago police are finished and it's open season for criminals. People are not feeling any safer. Communities have not transformed by putting more money into police. I'm absolutely confident um, that we will be the generation that will respond, react to the global movement that is calling for redirecting money away from policing and militarized police forces. Wow. No community is safer by putting more money into police. Show me the evidence of that. What data do you have that even suggests that, much less proves it? He has no answer for that because there isn't any. There isn't a place in this country that has more crime because you added police. There isn't a citizenry in any urban city in this country that feels less safe when you add police. Not one. But he says Chicago does, that the people of Chicago feel safer with less police. <laughs> you could have 10 billion police in Chicago and I wouldn't feel safe. But no one feels safer when you take them away. Think, just think about, use common sense here. This is where I, I get a kick out of liberals. The common sense test is always the one to take. <laughs> you have hardened, violent criminals sitting, plotting their next move in their apartment somewhere that they haven't paid for. And they're thinking, okay, we could do this. We could rob that jewelry store. But, man, there's a lot of cops around that jewelry store. No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Joaquin, they're, uh, they're not having any cops around that jewelry store anymore. What? Well, then let's go. What are we waiting for? But Brandon Johnson thinks the other side of that equation will occur. That they'll say, there are no cops around that jewelry store anymore? Well, we're not going to rob that one then. <laughs> these people actually say these things. They say them and they're not committed. You know who needs a psychologist leading the way? Is into the mayor's office so that Brandon Johnson can be committed to an insane asylum. He's insane. Now, I do understand that, you know, you've got to save money from the police department so that you can pay reparations. I mean, after all, they want $5 million a family out there in San Francisco. Chinatown. By the way, Nanner, isn't Chinatown, isn't saying that a bit racist? 
I mean, when Donald Trump said the Chinese virus, you called him a racist. And yet the same time period, you were referring to a little section of San Francisco as Chinatown. That's racist. It's like Little Havana or Little Italy. By the way, did she ever come out and say Little Italy is safe or Little Havana is safe? No, just Chinatown. She needs that Chinese vote. I guess they don't have it. too many Cubans or too many Italians in San Francisco, so she doesn't care. She does not care. Just like Anheuser-Busch doesn't care about you. By the way, did you see Travis Tritt, the singer? He said he's removing all Anheuser-Busch and InBev products from his tour bus and hospitality centers from here forward. I'm telling you, wholesalers are calling Anheuser-Busch and tell them to come and pick up their beer products. They don't want them anymore. It's, it's unbelievable. And yet they still don't realize how stupid they are. I'm told that there was a come-to-Jesus meeting in New York, company-wide panic. Everybody summoned to New York. A young female, white female, is the person responsible for this who graduated from Stanford. And no heads are going to roll. Imagine August Bush III presiding over his family's company and this occurred. Well, it never would have occurred, but try to use your imagination and dream that it could have occurred. Do you think the person would be fired? Bob Lackey, who oversaw all of the Super Bowl commercials for Anheuser-Busch for decades, all of the award-winning Super Bowl commercials, told me that when he came up with the lizard ideas and then after the success of that campaign, they killed off Louis the Lizard in one of the um, commercials. August Bush III fired him. And when he said, well, why are you firing me, Chief? He said, we're not committing murder on national TV during the Super Bowl. It's not going to happen. You're fired. He fired him. Now, he was later rehired because August Bush IV intervened with his father. But do you think this woman would still have a job if he were running the business, the family business? No, she would not. But it never would have happened with him. I can promise you this, under August Bush III, Anheuser-Busch is where woke would have gone to die. Guarantee it. There is no doubt about that. So it's crazy. And that stays crazy. But Chicago's crazy town. Absolute crazy town. God only knows what's going on up there. And so while all that nuttiness is happening, where's Biden? Well, where's Waldo? Biden's speaking in Minnesota, and he can't find the mayor. The mayors of the Twin Cities are here as well. Jacob Fry from Minneapolis, where are you, Jacob? He was here. I was. I, I guess he knew I was going to speak. The progress we've made in building an economy from the middle out and the bottom up. Because when it comes to the top down, my dad's kitchen table, not much dropped on that kitchen table from the top down. <laughs> Doesn't he sound like an old drunk talking? Where's the mayor? The mayor, he's here somewhere. The middle up and the top down. and The middle up and the bottom up. And the middle out. and Never came from the top down at my dad's table, Joey. Hey, Joey. Nothing comes from the top down, Joey. Biden doesn't even know what it means to say. First of all, he's always said bottom up and middle out. Now it's 
middle out and bottom up because he's confused. He has no idea what it means. It means nothing. But he actually is telling you that the economy is going well again. He needs to stop this. If you ever needed evidence for commitment into the nuthouse, that's it. Trying to convince people that the economy under your watch has improved. It's, it's laughable that he says this and thinks people believe him. And yet there are some people who will still vote for him. Remember what I said yesterday. If you vote for a Democrat, especially if you vote for Biden, you're telling everybody in the world, I want more of this. In Chicago, they want more children murdered in the streets. They're begging for it. They displayed that the other night. We in Chicago want more murders, not less. We want less police, more murders, more robberies, more rapes. That's what the people of Chicago want. They have spoken. Now, of course, Chicago, not being known for fair and unrigged elections, probably stole that election for Brandon Johnson. That'd be my guess. No one in their right mind would want more of what Chicago is offering. No one. But yet, according to the voting results, Chicagoans wanted more of that. The more Biden talks, the dumber he gets. This ain't your father's Republican Party. This is what I call the mega Republicans. The mega Republicans in Congress threaten to undo all this progress. They're putting our economy in jeopardy. The mega Republicans are putting the economy in jeopardy. Did the mega Republicans cause the inflation rate to be what it is? Did the mega Republicans cause cause hamburger to cost what it is? Did the mega Republicans cause you to go from energy independence under Republican rule to where we are today, begging OPEC, begging Venezuela for oil, pretty soon begging Russia for oil? Did mega Republicans cause that? Did mega Republicans cause the incredible spikes in violence in every inner city? Did mega Republicans cause tent cities to form on the streets of places like San Francisco, a once beautiful city, a once a tourist attraction? but no longer did mega Republicans cause people to flee New York and California in droves like ants. Then when someone steps on an anthill, did mega Republicans cause that? I didn't think so. Did mega Republicans cause 13 innocent soldiers defending our country in Afghanistan to die at the hands of you, Biden? Was that mega Republicans that caused that? It's what I like to call mega Republicans. I like to call you a mega ass because you are a gigantic ass. But on top of everything else, you're just a prick. I mean, that's what Biden is. And he's really dumb. But he thinks you're dumber than he is. Because he thinks you believe his nonsense. He knows it's nonsense. But he thinks you'll actually believe it, as long as he says it long enough. So it's MAGA Republicans causing this economy to crumble, of course. I just gave you the reasons why the economy sucks. You can't connect Republicans to any of it. And I'm not singing the Republican choir boy song. I think Republicans are idiots. I think they're spineless cowards. But they're not responsible for this economy in the dumper. There's only one person responsible for that. His name is Joe Wuhan Willie O'Talabiden. Newt Gingrich, what do you see as the biggest problem for the liberals. And was Trump calm the other day? Was he presidential? 
The problem they've got is normal, everyday Americans sit down at the kitchen table. They look at their family budget. They look at the cost of gasoline. They look at the disaster on the border. They worry about crime in their neighborhood. Uh, None of those things fit what the Democrats wish they were focused on. And I think, frankly, the more calm and the more reasonable the Trump is, the harder the Democrats' problem is. That's why I thought yesterday was a very significant moment. He didn't rant and rave. He didn't try to arouse his supporters. He very calmly went into court. He very calmly gave a talk that was disciplined and orderly. He did all of that. Remember, he didn't have to go to court. Ron DeSantis had already provided him safe harbor in Mar-a-Lago. He was not going to extradite him. But Trump proved to all the liberals that he indeed is not above the law, no matter how corrupt the law is. He showed what liberals never show, a respect for law and order and a respect for this country. They never show it. You know why they don't show it? Because they hate the country and they think the laws are for you. But they'll never admit it. They'll never admit what Donald Trump showed them because they've got people like Rachel Maddow, the mad cow, who blatantly lied about what President Trump was speaking about when he got back to Mar-a-Lago the other day. This was a lie about her claim that Trump was lying. And then she will decide what you will hear and what you won't hear. This is the liberal media at its best in the open telling you how they will censor the real news. Right now, uh, the former president himself is making remarks tonight um, from his home in Florida. As far as we can tell, and what we were prepared for here is that this is basically a campaign speech in which he is repeating his same lies and allegations against his perceived enemies. It is just getting started. Um, So far, he's just giving his normal list of grievances. We don't consider that necessarily newsworthy. You're not newsworthy. We know that. But how about the arrogance? He's giving his list of lies, his list of grievances. We don't consider that newsworthy. We, as if you are the arbiter of what's important. I got news for her. MSNBC isn't newsworthy. They wouldn't know what news was if it smacked him in the head. It's like a friend of mine used to say about Channel 2 here in St. Louis. When news happens, it's news to us. And that's MSNBC and CNN. And NBC, CBS, ABC, for that matter. When news happens, it's news to them. That should be their slogan. Can you see them on their promos? When news happens, it's news to us. Watch CNN. So, Maddow, you said President Trump was lying during that speech the other night. You mean lies like this one? Our currency is crashing and will soon no longer be the world standard which will be our greatest defeat, frankly, in 200 years. There will be no defeat like that. That will take us away from being even a great power. Lie like that? Or or maybe these other lies, Rachel Maddow, were these lies too? It's an insult to our country as the world is already laughing at us for so many other reasons, like our open borders, our incompetent withdrawal from Afghanistan, where we left behind American citizens, $85 billion worth of the best military equipment in the world, lost 13 magnificent young lives and far too many to mention that are so badly hurt with the loss of arms and legs and facial 
obliteration. The most embarrassing time in our country's history, in my opinion. Then our give up on energy independence and even energy dominant. We're going to be dominant within six months, more than any other nation times two. We had this all just three years ago, our raging crime statistics. If you look in Democrat-run cities, numbers the likes of which we have never seen before. Were those all lies? Because those are all facts. Are those the lies Mad Cow was talking about? We're not going to show you Donald Trump because he's just telling a bunch of lies and grievances. If we see anything that we think is newsworthy, we'll go ahead and tell you. Thank you, because we can depend on you for the truth. This is how they do it. They hot, this, People say, oh, I just wish Donald Trump wasn't on Twitter. He had to go on Twitter. He had no choice. As he said when he first began tweeting, it's the only way to get the message out to the public. The media won't tell you the truth about what's going on in his White House. So he had to go to Twitter. And personally, I love his brand of sarcasm. Loved it. Love, love, love it. I know it's not for everybody, but I loved it. I miss it. I miss having a guy who's street tough in there telling these political hacks what's what. And this country desperately needs that kind of leadership. Everything about Trump reeks of leadership. He's not afraid. He'll take on anybody. He'll stand up to China, Russia, North Korea, Iran, you name it. He's there for us. So quit with your candy-ass, crybaby, whining bullshit. And, you know, I don't like his mean tweets. Or I don't like him being not presidential. And understand by a slap to your face with a wake-up call that this guy cares about this country. He's probably the only one who's running for office who does, at the, at the degree that he does, where he would sacrifice his own salary, sacrifice the wealth of his uh, family, in order to help this country out. Who in their right mind would be going through what he's going through voluntarily? Only him. Alina Haba, his attorney, has said it many times. I've told President Trump, if you want this to stop, all you have to do is not run. And she's so right. Kash Patel knows exactly what Congress needs to do next. Yeah, so from a congressional standpoint, basic constitutional oversight lies with the committees of jurisdiction in Congress. And you have to outline two things, just like we did when I ran Russiagate. One, what documents and evidence do you need collected? And two, what witnesses are going to help you address and illuminate that? So stepping back, we saw Alvin Bragg come out and say um, how much of a government gangster he is, as you decided, as you said. But what we now know is that he utilized federal funds to investigate Donald Trump. So now we must subpoena from Congress every media institution Alvin Bragg talked to. We must investigate the felony of leaking grand jury investigative materials to the media and public. That's a felony up to Congress. We must subpoena all of his staff and all of their records. We must also follow the money. As I always say, we got to figure out where exactly the federal funds were spent And why is it that federal funds are being utilized to help rig and interfere with yet another presidential election? 
Who gave the okay in the United States government, speaking of government gangsters, to authorize American taxpayer dollars to falsely indict a president of the United States? Carpe diem to Cash Patel. Our research assistant found that. That's a nugget, I'm telling you. The guy is sharp. That's the guy. Now, I'm sure there are other candidates, but that's the guy that I hope and pray Donald Trump installs as his attorney general when he takes back the White House. Cash Patel, as the attorney general, will take these people out. I have no reservations about that. Jeffrey Clark is the director of litigation for Renew America. Should Congress act right now, as Cash Patel describes? Part of the hesitation could be, uh, you know, what Bragg has thrown up through his uh, general counsel against the inquiries that have come in from Jim Jordan. Namely, what they've said is like, look, you know, I'm, I'm uh, Alvin Bragg. I'm a, uh, an independent local prosecutor wielding New York power. You're in Congress. You know, you can't uh, inquire into what I'm doing with state power. That's not how our federalism system works. Well, you know, I think uh, that Alvin Bragg and his general counsel have to go back to law school because they're missing some basic points. First, uh, there's federal funding involved. And whenever there's federal funding involved, you're voluntarily tying yourself in to inquiries about how you're spending that money. Second, there's 14th Amendment power here because after the 14th Amendment, States have to observe due process and equal protection. And they're ignoring President Trump's equal protection rights. This is a complete selective prosecution. See, here's the problem. Everything Jeffrey Clark said is correct. Federal funds are involved, so you have to be accountable to Congress as to how those funds were spent. But that's in a real world. That's in the United States that we used to live in. We don't live there anymore. And Republicans need to understand this. Conservatives need to understand this. And then maybe you'll get off your ass and fight. We don't live in the United States of America anymore. We live in some concoction that liberals have created. It's a minuscule amount of people. Look at Anheuser-Busch. You want to talk how stupid people are? You have sacrificed your entire marketing base of people for the tiniest sliver of the population. Can you imagine that? It's like when the Cardinals a few years ago had Black Lives Matter logo on the back of the pitcher's mound for opening day. And I had Bill DeWitt III on the show, and I said, what's that all about? Well, you know, it's, we're supporting Black Lives Matter. Just, do you know who Black Lives Matter is? I said, it's, it's not a movement. It's an organization that is Marxist. He said, well, we, we distinguish. And I said, no, you don't, Bill. In people's minds, there is no distinction. I said, how many people come to opening day for a Cardinal baseball game that are black? He said, well, you mean percentage of people that come and sit in the stands? I said, yeah, let's go there. He said about 6%. So you sacrifice 94% of your audience to please 6%. In what universe does that make any sense, especially in a business universe? It just doesn't. Now, I notice how quickly the Cardinals scrapped that plan. Maybe they listen to me. Maybe they listen to me speak in common sense terms. Go back to common sense. In what universe rational thinkers alienate, in Anders Bush's case, 99.9% of their audience for the 0.1%? It's not even 0.1%, by the way. It's lower than that, but I, I can't think off the top of my head as a 
failing mathematician what that number would be. But it's let's put it this way. It's so tiny you can't see it. An ant is bigger. So we've got idiots all over the place. This is not the United States of America that we grew up in. It's not the United States of America that you lived in 20 years ago. So we can't go by what Jeffrey Clark says. We can't expect accountability because no one makes any of these bastards accountable. And that's why it's so important to the future of this country, the very survival of the republic, that Donald Trump is in the White House and that he picks the exact right person as attorney general. If you fail in that decision, the country's gone. If you give us Jeff Sessions and William Barr again, we're finished. If you give us people like Christopher Ray again, Mr. President, we're finished. I believe President Trump has awakened to this nonsensical stupidity of listening to other people in Washington when he makes decisions on hiring. I don't believe he'll repeat his mistakes. If he does, we're doomed. I don't care what else he does, we're doomed. The time that this stops is the time that people go to jail, not before. Trying to appeal to the basic good instincts of a Democrat, a liberal? Please, stop it. They don't possess those instincts. They don't have the good person gene. They don't have the integrity or the moral gene. They never have. And so you can't say, well, you know, it'll change. No, it won't. If it was going to change, would you have people like Nicole Wallace and Sandy Cortez and Joy Behor openly celebrating Donald Trump having to show up in court on lie, a pack of lies from a stripper and a porn actress? It's all happening. The gang is all here with you on a history-making afternoon. Donald J. Trump is under arrest. Yes. Are you guys sick of talking about this already? I mean, we... This is is unprecedented. Super Bowl. It it, it is. He's being indicted because he's committed certain crimes. It's not sad. That's American justice. This process demonstrates that we should have one law that applies to all people, no matter who you are or where you come from. That last one, Sandy Cortez, is under investigation for campaign finance illegalities. (laughs) And that's what she just said. That clip should be saved by every Republican. And the minute she is charged, bingo. Now, of course, we've had the chairman of the Federal Elections Commission say that nothing Donald Trump did was remotely related to any violation of any federal election laws. Nothing. Nothing. But how about Nicole Wallace? The gang's all here. They're, it's a party for them. The one woman said, it's, or guy said, it's our Super Bowl. It's their Super Bowl in the media when an, a, a president who did nothing but good for this country is senselessly and immorally humiliated by a big mouth, racist, bigot prosecutor who doesn't even know the law. He doesn't even know the law. How do you suppose Alvin Bragg got into law school? Could it have been because he's black? I hate to think that. But how else did he get in? Because he's really stupid. So he didn't get in based on his smarts. He's no Ben Carson. I got news for you. 
How'd he get in? And he get his degree in a Cracker Jack box? That's about the only way he could get that prize. This guy truly does, as Jeffrey Clark said, go, needs to go back to law school. He doesn't know the law. He's so ignorant of the law, he couldn't even cite the law that Donald Trump violated. That's my favorite part. Uh, Slayton, we're charging you today here at the arraignment. You've done many things that are illegal. I'm not going to name them, but you've done a lot of illegal stuff. So we're charging you today with felonies. For what? A lot of illegal stuff. But what particularly? Just know that you've done a lot of illegal stuff, and that's good enough. That, in a nutshell, is what happened the other day. And the Nicole Wallace's of the world and the Behors. How about Behor? Donald Trump committed certain crimes, so this isn't a sad day. Wouldn't you love to have that wench on your jury? She wouldn't, she wouldn't pay attention to one piece of evidence. You're guilty if you disagree with her. It's so bad for the Nicole Wallaces and the Sandy Cortezes and the Behors of the world that even John Bolton, who openly hates Donald Trump because Donald Trump fired his lame ass after he was nothing but a warmonger in the White House, after Trump gave him a job, even Bolton has to admit that he's saddened because there's nothing in this charge. Well, speaking as someone who very strongly does not want Donald Trump to get the Republican presidential nomination, I'm extraordinarily distressed by this document. I think this is even weaker than I feared it would be. Now, not that Bolton knows what he's talking about, but he admitted how much he hates Trump, and even still, he knows the document is worthless. Any charging document that doesn't enumerate a crime is worthless. Worthless, I tell you. The little liberal Dan Abrams himself understands that Bragg has no case. What is the crime that prosecutors are alleging escalated this from a misdemeanor to a felony? If I had to characterize it, it's disappointment. If this is the only pebble that gets thrown at Donald Trump, uh, it's a very small pebble. Where's the beef uh, as far as the felony goes? Yeah, I talked to a lot of lawyers yesterday, and none of them Republicans, none of them Trump supporters, and all of them saying, this this is a little thin. In terms of a case that's being brought against a former president, it's a little underwhelming. <laughs> and yet Bragg keeps going on. Now, I have to think that all of these people who've been saying those things since this announcement are just covering their own asses. So when Bragg falls on his face, they'll say, well, you know, we told you all along that that was nothing. But over here, there's something big. These documents, we're going to indict him on those. Of course, there's nothing there either. If you want to know how I know that, read the book Get Trump by Alan Dershowitz. He goes through all four of these alleged cases that the liberals are trying to gain indictments on. And he destroys all four of them. Alyssa Farah Griffin, who's one of the views, the supposed conservative on the view, and she's not. She's a turncoat. She worked in Melania Trump's office for a while. But she correctly identified that this charge will never convict Trump, and yet was rudely and arrogantly interrupted by Sonny Houston Houston who called herself a legal expert. 
This case is not taking Donald Trump down. And I say that for a couple of reasons. How do you know that? There was, well, just real quick, there was no conspiracy charge, which a lot of folks were looking to see that if was there was. That was a hard charge to prove. It, the felony ch uh, charges, they, the max sentence is four years, but this is a first-time offender. It's a nonviolent crime. It's a Class E felony. Every legal expert I've talked to has said most likely a fine and probation if he's even convicted. I'll tell convicted. you why you're wrong as this legal expert. That is that is wrong. And I, I he's not going you, to jail. I, I will tell you. He's not going to jail. I, I will tell you why you're wrong. Prosecutors are not only in the business of prosecuting crimes; we're in the business of sending out a message. We're in the business. What prosecutor job do you hold? We? Is there a mouse in your pocket? How about that comment, though? We're not just here to prosecute. We're sending messages. So you will charge a man with a crime that you know is not a crime in order to send a message to someone? And who are you sending the message to? You know, it's hard to really work up a true hatred for someone. I hate that woman. She represents everything that's wrong with everything in the world. She's arrogant. She's surly. She's stupid. She's, she disgraces the legal profession. Another one who must have gotten her legal degree in a crackerjack box. Maybe she found hers in a Cheerios box. Do they give prizes out in boxes of Cheerios? Maybe she won it in a raffle. Everything about her is despicable. Let me tell you as a legal expert, you're no more a legal expert than Joy Behor is. We're in the business of sending a message. If she does hold a law license, which I'm not sure she does, she should be disbarred immediately for that comment. And Alyssa Farrah Griffin, who's got a single-digit IQ, was actually correct. Trump's not getting convicted. If he gets convicted at a New York jury, that's not a conviction. It'll be immediately overturned upon appeal. A conviction is one that stands. That will not stand. Charlie Hurt sees just how absurd all of this is, but he predicts more indictments are coming. It's maximum absurdity here. Uh, you have a situation where, according to Alvin Bragg, Donald Trump faces 136 years in prison, which, of course, is more than uh, Bernie Madoff uh, served for his crimes. I don't think that this is going to be the only indictment that Donald Trump faces. I would not be surprised if he doesn't face two or three more indictments before the election. Uh, what I love about this is this is such a circus. It's so absurd. It's so ridiculous. Alvin Bragg is so embarrassed himself, embarrassed the, the legal profession, that it really is going to, I think, set the tone for anything else, any of these wacko, crazed, lunatic, left-wing, politicized uh, Democrat DAs want to do to try to destroy Trump. Carpe diem, Charlie Hurt. It's ongoing. It never ends. It never ends. Remember what I said. It will end only one way. Donald Trump's return to the White House someone like Cash Patel as Attorney General, and start putting these people away. Then it will change. But only then. Alina Haba is not worried about a conviction in New York. She is one of Donald Trump's attorneys. She's not uh, directly involved in the courtroom proceedings, but she's working on the legal team. 
And she described it the other day as exactly what they expected, but they're not in any fear. We had an idea of what was going to happen. We counted how it would get to 34, of course, because of the illegal leaks. And then it was exactly what we thought. And I can't get into it, but I can tell you there's no surprises. And it was actually disappointing uh, as a professional, as an attorney. I was like, that you really couldn't have. I was waiting for a little something. You Give us a challenge. Something. Oh, come on. A little something. Not like, a challenge at all. Not at all. Not even a challenge. That's bold. That's bold. Now, Alan Dershowitz, who, as we all know, is a civil libertarian who's voted against Trump by his own admission, has written a book called Get Trump. He's also defended Trump in one of the bogus impeachment hearings. What would any decent judge in this situation do? Any decent judge would change the venue immediately, but this judge won't do that. Any decent judge would throw the case out on statute of limitations. This judge won't do it. He doesn't want to ruin his career. He doesn't want to have the reputation of being the judge who freed Donald Trump. Remember, judges in New York are elected. There is no way he can get a fair trial. I don't care if Jesus, Mohammed, Abraham Lincoln, and George Washington, and, and Thurgood Marshall defended Donald Trump in New York, he he would not win that case. Hung jury, possibly. Acquittal, never. That's disturbing. I don't think it'll get to trial because here's what will happen. I think Alan Dershowitz is correct. This coward judge will never dismiss the case as he should, as as he described it. Any decent judge would. Any decent judge would grant a change of venue. He will not do it. So what will happen is when they move for a change of venue, he'll deny it. And the Trump team will appeal that decision. At the appellate level, the Trump team will win. So it will be moved out of New York City. It will never, ever come to trial in New York City. I'm telling you that right now. Then when they move for dismissal, good old Juan Mershon will deny that. And then that will be appealed to the appellate court and the case will be dismissed. That's how this is going to go. Now, I want you to hold me to that if I'm wrong. Two steps. First, the motion for change of venue will be denied and then one on appeal. Secondly, the motion for dismissal will be denied and then one on appeal. That's how this will go. Alan Dershowitz is correct. I don't believe Donald Trump could ever win a jury trial case in New York, which is really pathetic when you think about it. This is how sick people in New York are, how mentally deranged they are. They might be the most deranged liberals in the country. And that's saying something when you have Chicago and California. Donald Trump is one of them. He's a born and bred New Yorker. And they have been convinced by the liberal machine to turn on him to the extent that they hate him. He no longer lives in Trump Tower, as we all know. He lives in Mar-a-Lago. Why? Because of them. Good morning, Dave. How are you this morning? Kevin, I'm doing well. How are you doing, my friend? You sound uh, very healthy and uh, full of uh, a lot of uh, power. You well, sound we very only good. hope I'm healthy. We always hope. We're all day-to-day. Yeah, well, correct. correct. You, you sound good. Not that you sound bad before, but, but you sound good. So prayers to you all the time, my friend, especially even now. Uh, you know, Kevin, I thought, and I'm going to go with the minority of the racist of the black population. I thought that's all they wanted was fair treatment for their people. Their words, not mine, Kevin. Their words. But why is it that now, when they have a little bit of power, 
that fair treatment goes out of the window. Well, it's not blacks; it's liberals. Period. Well, we got we have a liberal we have a liberal racist prosecutor. Of course, we do. He just happens to be black. It wouldn't matter if Alvin Bragg were white. Liberals don't care about justice. They don't look. Here's how liberals look at justice: rules and laws are for you, not for them. It doesn't matter what they do. It only matters what they want to say you did, even though they're lying. But there is no justice among liberals. You'll never find justice in a courtroom where there's a liberal judge or a liberal prosecutor. Forget about it. It's not going to happen. And in a liberal venue like New York City, no chance. <laughs> no, well, you know, like like uh, Dershowitz said, you, you know, I mean, he could could have said it better. You, you know, you could have Jesus as the attorney and they'd still find him guilty. I promise you, he's right. Uh, that's absolutely. scary. Hey, hey, Kevin, would you mind if I throw out, out one thing about that uh, – uh, horrific shooting in Nashville about the, according to what I was to- heard in the news media. Now they're saying this, this psychopath bought these seven guns legally. That's, that's my understanding. She purchased them illegally. I don't, well, know, if, I don't yeah. know if, I don't know if it purchased them illegally. It got them illegal. It got them legally. Got it. I don't know if it purchased well, them legally or illegally, but they were purchased legally. Doesn't mean that it purchased them. Well, correct, correct. But whoever purchased the gun, let's just say for conversation, it was her that purchased them, okay? The FBI runs the background check and gives the approval to go ahead with the sale. So, see, the system worked. If the FBI or somebody knew that this gal was nuts, the system didn't – they failed the system. The system didn't fail us. But it's almost like, Kevin, remember the movie with Tom Cruise, Minority Report? That these insane nut left wing people want to want to cut a head off everything before it actually takes place. We all would like to, but in a perfect world, God gave us the choice of right and wrong, and these evil people just choose wrong. You can't stop that. Like you said, put guns in the school, you'll stop it. But I think, like you said, Kevin, I think they actually not only enjoy these murders, but I think they set them up. Like you said, I don't. I really don't think. Any of these shootings bother liberals at all because I don't it's, it's accomplished to further their end of taking your guns away. It's funny how that all happened when liberals started screaming about guns. That's when it all started out in Columbine. And then it's continued on, of course, and they just continue it. And I believe, look, these misfits that go around shooting people, apparently they never went around shooting people before Columbine. So no. why the change all of a sudden? Why the misfits decided to attack schools or synagogues or churches? Well, Kevin, like like I told you, I guess it was a couple months ago, uh, Oakville High School, some brave student uh, had had the backbone to uh, report to an administrator that there was a kid in school. The uh, county police, who, who they got a couple SROs in the county school, uh, they apprehended the person, they got the weapon, everybody went home safely and alive. That's what Kudos you're supposed to-, to do. They tell you if you see something or hear something, say something. Exactly, and it went exactly the way it was supposed to. And, and and the criminal was taken into custody. Carpe diem so, with them. So so is your point directly? You have guns in schools by police officers, security, somebody who else has a gun. You're going to stop it. There's only one way. I mean, there truly Absolutely. is only one way. Kevin, thanks a lot. What a what a bunch of great shows th- this past week. 
Carpe diem, my friend, and prayers to you always. Thank you, Dave. Carpe diem Kevin. to you. Take care, buddy. Bye-bye. You too. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't think Bray has anything to do with being black in this in this case. It has everything to do with being a liberal, a liar, a corrupt, bought-and-paid-for prosecutor, which is exactly what he is. If Donald Trump were black, it wouldn't matter. If they hated Donald Trump, they wouldn't care what color his skin was. But Bragg does not care about justice, but no liberals do. That's the problem. Tammy Bruce, who's to blame for all of this? I also think, though, that the, that the dissenters, if you will, the resistors who don't like Donald Trump, especially those on the Republican side, have a duty to recognize that it was their own Trump hatred that made them blind to this trajectory, which many of us projected that we saw all those years ago, that it's really not Donald Trump. It's what this system has become and what Republicans have allowed Democrats to get away with for generations. And that's why we have this here right now. Uh, to, to say Donald Trump is the problem is the most absurd dynamic. That has been the big lie. Carpe quadruple diem, Tammy Bruce. That's a sharp gal. She knows what she's talking about. No matter what she speaks about, she has great knowledge. And she also knows when this particular attack on Trump began. I contend that this sort of willingness started with the FBI and the Russia dossier. The moment the federal law enforcement got away with moving forward a, a fake document that they knew really wasn't verified, lied to the FISA court, and really no one paid any price for that. That's when this legal system became weaponized against Donald Trump in particular. I couldn't agree more. Once they realized that they could lie under oath in presenting a case to a FISA court, I mean, the, supposedly the most sacred place you could go is to a courthouse swearing to tell the truth in front of a judge and then lying in order to get your political enemy, can it be any worse? And what happened? They've admitted they lied. They're not even trying to hide it. And no one suffered for it. She's right, 100%. Well, once you send that message, Sonny Host in Houston, since you're in the business of sending messages, once you send that message to all the criminals, they say, well, what the hell? Open season, let's get Trump. If they're not going to stop us after we openly lie to a FISA court to illegally gain wiretaps and go after our political enemy using a fake dossier that we made up in order to get it, then nothing's ever going to happen to them until the power dynamic is changed. It would be wonderful if, as Americans, we could sit back and really believe and really trust that the Attorney General is going to be unbiased, is going to bring charges against criminals no matter who they are, real charges. And you know what? We could rest in that knowledge, and this is the truth, when a Republican is in office. Again, I'm not pro-Republican because I think they're spineless wimps, but they do care about the rule of law. They do enforce the rule of law, and they will prosecute criminals, not just liberals. It, it's the way it is. So, and if, if a Democrat's in office, you've got to understand that you can't live with that kind of serenity knowing that the bad guys are going to be taken care of by the prosecutors. They're not. They're going to be able to run free to cause as much harm 
and violence and death and rape in this country as they can until the shift in power takes place. That's really sad. That's the hallmark of the death of a republic. When you can't count on government to keep you safe, that's their top priority. Do you feel safe now? Do you? Did you feel safe when Trump was in? Did you? I know the answer to both of those questions. But what of Stormy Daniels? You know, no one's told us about Stormy and what her latest capers are and who she's running around trying to extort. So, Alina Haba, what of Stormy? She owes him money right now, almost half a million dollars. And then the day of the indictment, I swear God is good, we got another ruling from the court for another hundred and ninety some thousand dollars that she owes. And let's not forget that her lawyer's behind jail. Who's behind <laughs> bars right now. <laughs> So the day of the arraignment, a judge ruled that Stormy had to pay Trump another 190000 Now, that's a judge who ruled according to the law, knew that it was garbage in, garbage out, and that's the end of it, and knew that Avenatti was full of crap. It's, it's a beautiful thing in this world when a judge who actually rules by the law looks at a billionaire, okay, he did nothing wrong, looks at a whore and says, not only are you lying and extorting, but you're going to pay that billionaire's legal fees. I don't care how broke you are. I love it. That's the that's the backbone of a good legal system. Matt is up. Good morning, Matt. How are you? Oh, I'm well, Mr. Slayton. Good morning. Yeah, it's it's pretty hilarious. The day quote, the fake arrest happens, that a, ju- a second judgment against his accuser and the and known liar, Stormy Daniels. Has to pay him more money. I think she's in debt like up to seven hundred thousand dollars that yeah, she was, owes Donald Trump. It was about half a million originally. Now it's another hundred ninety. So well, yeah. if you're counting, and now does he ever expect to see a dime of that money? Of course not. But it's wonderful to have it and and have it out there for everybody to see. If Trump was guilty of anything, why is she losing every time she goes to court? Exactly. And over all this, over Cohen's. Cohen's payment that they have the affidavit saying that Trump knew nothing of this payment. It was out of his pocket. He paid her. And I bet he did it to to use that later down the road to charge Trump three times the amount of the 130000 Here's what I think, Cohen, because he's a little weasel. He's a little Ugh. immoral weasel. Here's what I think Cohen did. I And this is just me. This is my opinion based on no facts mm-hmm. other, other than the facts of his own behavior. You can use that as your judgment and your rule of law. In this particular case, he thought she might be a problem if she went public and maybe she was making noise about doing so. So on his own, he pays her to shut up, thinks by virtue of that payment that he's going to get a little on the side. I really think that's how Cohen operates. Oh, it, He's uh, a sleazeball, it, man. He's a sleazy, oh, sleazy character. Absolutely. Not even that, that he's going to – and Trump's going to owe him because he did something to save him. And these people don't learn from history. Clinton slept everything that moved from Arkansas, Alabama, up to Washington, D.C. And nothing, you know, these sexual interludes do not face these politicians. So I don't know why anybody thought this would have ever been an issue anyway. Well, and they say that, and, that Clinton paid uh, Paula Jones $800,000 as a settlement but the settlement was hush money, and there's nothing wrong with hush money. It's no. not illegal to pay someone for their silence. 
It's been right. going on, as Dershowitz said, since the beginning of time. Yeah, back to Hamilton. He and, had a, and as, exact you, as you pointed out, instance. Alexander yeah. Hamilton did the same thing. But as you thing, pointed so. out, in this case, and, you know, Trump didn't make the payment. And according to the guy who made it, Trump knew nothing about it. Now the guy who said that lies and says, well, no, he did. Well, which way is it, Mr. Convicted Liar, who served prison time for lying? It's sickening. And, and ultimately, and you've made this statement before, this is all Trump's fault. One, for his hiring practice. And two, not going forward and prosecuting Hillary Clinton to the fullest. They would have stayed on that and prosecuted her. This, I think, all ends. They would have kept coming after him, but not not like this. Yeah, like th- you I, said, I, they, I think they feel they have a right to do anything they want. Damn the law. I think the we truth. all learn from our mistakes, and I would hope Trump has, but the ones you just pointed out are 100% correct. Had he prosecuted mm-hmm. Clinton like he said he was going to, a lot of this would have gone away. Now, we don't know for certain because Jeff Sessions was a candy ass. So it would have been Jeff Sessions who would have had to prosecute her. And we saw what he did as soon as the as soon as the liberal said, get out, you've got to recuse yourself. He said, oh, okay, I'm out. That's what a coward he was. That's why I say Republicans are so spineless. But Trump's inability to pick the right people is what hurt him the most. Exactly. It was. It's just insanity. And it started with that home, I can't even say her name, Homerosa or whatever. She was on his uh, TV show. She was a mess there. He gave her a position in the cabinet, a lowly position. Yeah. She Why? made lies and accusations. He had to fire her. That, that should have been it. Everybody that had any doing with my TV show or previous politics, you're out. Yeah, why? Why would you bring her in? What expertise <laughs> did she have to offer? She couldn't get right. along with anybody in a TV show. Right. Uh, it was mean, an Trump appeasement. has a blind spot when it comes to that stuff. And people say, well, you know. Well, you know, Trump likes good-looking women. Yeah, well, she wasn't one of those. So no, she, th- there was no was, reason for her to be involved in his his uh, orbit at all. Yeah, it, it's just insanity. I think he, I think sometimes he likes drama around him. He drives off of it. And I, I, I do think that. I do, I do believe I do. he lives off of that. And that's okay. A lot yeah. of people are motivated like that. But in his case, that kind of drama can hurt you when you're in that position and you're picking the wrong people to surround yourself with. By the way, this came from my research assistant, that Alvin Bragg, here's the, here's the bottom line for the taxpayers of New York, those imbecile liberals who elected this guy. They got to pay, by electing him, they got to pay an estimated $200 million out of public funds for security for the president's visit there the other day, but because of a 130000 non-disclosure agreement. <laughs> and, well, and they spent $3 million, they said, of federal funds, investigating they've went through seven different organizations have now gone through seven no i'm sorry 11 million pages of documents over eight years here's what here's what this is absurd here's what it's trump, harassment trump tweeted this out alvin on on truth social alvin Bragg shut down the city brought in thirty-eight thousand nypd officers spend an estimated 200 million of new york city funds for totally for a totally legal $130,000 NDA. On top of all that, the Ninth Circuit just awarded me another 130000 over the 500000 already awarded from Stormy Horseface Daniels. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> and I, I love it. I, I think he broke federal law. I, I'm almost positive it's a federal law. Law enforcement officers, firefighters cannot work more than 24 hours. You can't be on call more than 24 hours. 
consecutively. So all those guys that were called in for security and to be on standby, somebody had to work, work the night shift and the next day. Yeah, that ain't so you, good. Well, good stuff, Matt. Yeah, appreciate it. Keep it up and hope you're doing well and everything stays wide open and flowing. You got that right. Thank you. <laughs> yes, sir. All right, man. Bye. Bye. <laughs> you know, uh, Karine Jean-Pierre, who has commented on a lot of ongoing legal things as long as it benefits Biden and his White House, claims that she never comments on ongoing litigation, and that's why she won't say anything about the Donald Trump arraignment. Peter Ducey pressed her. President Biden is a lawyer. Is he and, and the president of the United States and the commander-in-chief. But go ahead. He is. But uh, as a lawyer, is he concerned at all that a local DA indicting a former president could, down the line, open up the possibility, set the precedent, that local DAs that don't like former President Biden could indict him? I'm not going to comment from here. Why don't you have more to say about the Trump indictment? It is an ongoing um, case. And I've been very clear about that. We've been prudent about that, not commenting on ongoing cases. And we're going to stick to that. But for better or worse, all that anybody in the country is talking about at this exact moment while we're in here is Trump. And they look here to find out what the White House thinks about it. And... Well, I think the American people should feel reassured that when there is an ongoing case like this one that we're just not commenting. We are just not going to comment on an ongoing uh, case from here. And we've been very consistent. We've been very prudent, and we're going to stick there. She's consistent and prudent. That's what she keeps saying. Yeah, you're consistently stupid, and you consistently lie. But you're not prudent. You're stupid. And she continually refers to from here. Like she's in, in some empirical place, standing above the crowd down below her. We're not commenting from up here. Because I'm in a position of authority over you. How about when he said, President Biden is a lawyer, and she interrupts him and says, and the president and the commander-in-chief, too. What? What is that, some sort of a threat? What are you even talking about? But let me tell you the state of insanity that we live in. CNN and MSNBC and the like, they, they continue to employ people like Peter Strzok to talk about honesty the disgraced FBI agent who had a plan to bring down the Trump presidency, and they employ him, pay him big dollars, to blame the Republicans for everything that happens. How do you predict somebody who probably may not have all their sanity to begin with suddenly deciding that they've had enough, deciding that they need to lash out at the government? I think we are going to see incidents of violence because I see nothing from the Republican Party leadership doing anything to tamp down this sort of aggrievement with local, state, and national law enforcement. So Peter Strzok is predicting, uh, excuse me, is blaming Republicans for violence that hasn't happened. It's their fault, he says. They're supposed to tamp it down. Tamp what down? Republicans don't violently go through the streets and murder people and burn buildings down like liberals do. Liberal mobs like Antifa and Black Lives Matter. You don't see Republicans pulling that crap. They don't go around breaking uh, store windows of innocent people for no reason. Now, they did break some windows at the Capitol, but they had good reason. I, I agree it's a crime. It is a misdemeanor property damage that they pay a fine for and go on their merry way. But they didn't attack shop owners who didn't do anything. 
But what violence is he talking about? Very few people even showed up in the streets of New York that Alvin Bragg spent $200 million protecting. By the way, who would want to protect the streets of New York anyway? They're not protected. They have murderous crime every day. Ryan is up. Good morning, Ryan. How are you? Did we lose you? Ryan, are you there? Nope. He's gone. Hello, Cleo. How are you? Morning, Kevin. You're really knocking them dead this, this morning, man. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, of course, I heard Mr. Trump's uh, speech, and it was very good, but I think he missed the boat on one thing. I think he should have made it. The hallmark of the speech should have been the perverted sense of justice of Alvin Bragg. That parking attendant is in the hospital with multiple shots, tubes coming out of his body, and they shackled him to the to the hospital bed because he defended himself. That's Alvin Bragg. Yeah, he's unbelievable, isn't he? That guy woke up after being shot in an attempted murder with chains around him, chained to a bed as a criminal. Only the outrage of the public had him drop the charges. The same with the bodega owner who was nearly killed and ended up having to stab the thug. Well, now Bragg's so emboldened, he's going to keep that guy in chains, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, Mr. Trump should have used that as the hallmark of his speech, likening him himself to this guy. Well, that's true. He should have. That, a good speechwriter would have put that in there. Of course, maybe he was uh, – the judge had cautioned him to watch yourself, huh? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Trump should watch himself. And, and how about – what about this guy in Chicago? They, they elected a great guy, huh? He's going to institute CRT. Yeah. yeah. Sure he will. The hate, the hate white agenda, CRT. It is unbelievable, isn't it? And he, and he hates police. So. Well, that's, that's a, Chicago, they want to be safe. They're, gonna, they're, gonna be, they're not going to be safe with this guy. The criminals are all chuckling and laughing right now. I can promise you they are. As I said earlier, if you're sitting around planning your crime and you're saying, well, we're not going to attack that place. It's got police security around it. Now you say, well, wait a minute. No, no, there is no security around it. The police are gone. Oh, good. But in, in Brandon Johnson's mind, he thinks the criminals are going to see that and say, the police are gone. Well, we better not attack it then. Yeah, you've seen the, the statistics on the increase in crime as you call it. It's ridiculous. Cost thefts, I think, is 133%. Murders up 15 And break-in, a lot of break-ins, man. Every single urban area has a similar story to tell. Ever since Biden got in and these progressively corrupt prosecutors have gotten in. Every single yeah. urban city. Yeah, this break-in is a new thing, not just the cars, but the break-in the houses. And and they better my I tell you, I'm ready for them, man. I got my trusty Knights of Columbus sword ready. I love it. Chop them to pieces, baby. Don't you don't you feel just violated by the very thought of someone breaking into your house? How petrified would you be if you're sitting there watching television, or worse yet, if you're awakened in the middle of a sleep by some stranger in your house, whether they kill you or not? How scared would you be? Well, the adrenaline will be flowing pretty, pretty stiff in, in my veins. I tell you, I, I've always I, said, I tell, even, I, even if you had a gun, you'd be so damn scared you'd probably miss them five times. Well, I got a gun, but I'm afraid to use it, man. <laughs> well, you'll use it if they end up in your house. <laughs> well, I, I trust my sword, man. I'm gonna I'm give me the right in the solar plexus, like Errol <laughs> Flynn did to the chef of Nottingham. <laughs> Remember that, Errol Flynn, baby. 
<laughs> he's one of my heroes. I love it. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm Vim and Vigor, man. I, I'm, I'm I'll be my birthday will be in a couple of days, Kevin. Well, happy I'm, birthday! I'm, yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I can't wait till the grandkids show up and we got cupcakes for them, and their eyes are gonna light up watching those cupcakes. Oh, my eyes are lighting up. My eyes are lighting up. My mouth is drooling just thinking of cupcakes. <laughs> I bought yeah. myself some cupcakes on my birthday. I love them so much. You know, birthdays, you know, they don't mean that much to me. But my, coming home and seeing them grandkids get happy, that'll be, that'll be the treat for me. There's nothing like it. Nothing like it. That's why well, God, gave, God gave us grandchildren so that when we get older, we'll have something to be happy about. This country sure as hell isn't it. I tell you, yeah, this country is depressing me, man. I'm, I tell you, I'm turning the news off more and more watching the Watching the westerns from the fifties. Right, I'm with you. Right, right was right and wrong was wrong. You know, it sure as hell was. You got that figured out, Cleo. And a little dose of all in the family on a Sunday night never hurt anybody either. It's such a perverted sense of morality we got now, and it just makes me sick. It really is sickening. And as I've often said, and I hate saying it, it's true though. It isn't going to change until no, it, Donald Trump gets was, back in and we get a strong attorney general who will take this stuff and do what he's supposed to do. Well, you know, the, the chances of it are, are stiff, man. I'm telling you, like you said, uh, if, if if this doesn't do, do Trump in, if the election doesn't, well, they're going to cheat like crazy. They're, they're going to try and kill the guy. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. What day is your birthday? Saturday. Saturday's your birthday, April 8th. April, April 8th. 74 well, years ago, I was born. Well, it was a great day. Yeah, sure. And you've you fought your way through this country. Great job, Cleo. Carpe diem and a happy birthday to Cleo. All right, we got to run, my man. Thank you. Very kind of you. Thank you, bye. You bet. Bye-bye now. Happy birthday, Cleo. Hey, our good friends at Window World, it's not their birthday, but they have a tremendous product for you that will save you money. Now you say, Kevin, how are they going to save me money? I'm glad you asked. Call Window World at 314-993-1800. 314-993-1800. Have them come out to your house. They'll do so and give you a free in-home estimate on your windows. And they'll prove to you how they're simply the best for less. They'll prove it. They did it for me. They've done it for tens of thousands of customers in our area. And here's what happens. When I said save you money, well, I had a friend compare the prices of the competition with Window World. Same amount of windows, exact same windows. One-third of the cost to put Window World windows in your house as opposed to the competition. One-third. But not only that, Window World offers you a lifetime warranty that covers all parts, glass breakage, and labor. And they do it because they use double-strength glass in their windows. It's not an upsell. It's not an extra item. They just do it. You'll be getting the window that's the preferred window of the Blues, the official window of the Chiefs. Window World windows are so strong, in fact, I have jumped on them, kicked them, tried to damage them on the showroom floor, and I couldn't hurt them at all. Couldn't even crease them. So they're not afraid of hail. I got Window World windows when hail broke through my windows, but not anymore. And my utility bills went down. That's a simple thing. The warm air in the winter is not escaping, allowing the Arctic air in, and in the summer, vice versa. My air conditioner and my furnace don't run all the time, necessitating a new purchase. And I save money. And Window World offers 18 months, same as cash financing with approved credit. 314-993-1800. That is Window World. And that will get the job done for you today.
All right, in honor of the Masters, as we break, we will let you hear the Masters theme song again. in on this Thursday morning, the morning that the Masters begins in Augusta, Georgia. Defending champion Scotty Scheffler, Tiger Woods trying to gain his 23rd, uh, 23rd consecutive cut in Masters starts. He's made the cut every single time he's played, and he'll try it again today. He made it last year. He made it last year, and he probably drove to the course, perhaps, anyway, it's possible, in a vehicle that he got from stl-cars.com. I don't know for sure, but it's possible. And if he did, here's how he did it. He went on their website, stl-cars.com, looked at the over a 1,000 vehicles, cars, SUVs, trucks, and either picked one out or called them and texted them and said, hey, I can't find it on your website, but here's what I want. 314-309-3633. Three one four three zero nine three six three three. Now Tiger would have told them and asked for Don, like you should do. He would have told them what he wanted and then told them the price he wanted to pay because you can do the same thing. You don't have to be Tiger Woods, and then they'll find it for you. You can either pick it up or they'll deliver it to you. How's that sound? Concierge service. They also have concierge maintenance available for you. I have my vehicle from STL-Cars.com. In fact, my last three have been purchased there. My son's last vehicle, an SUV purchased from them. 314-309-3633. Ask for Don, and I promise your car buying experience will be much improved. Much improved. All right, Ryan is with us. Good morning, Ryan. How are you? Kevin, I'm well, young man. How are you? I am doing great. It's Thursday, Masters Week, and uh, I just like watched Friday. the opening uh, tee shots of them. I tell you, it, it gets me a little choked up every time. It's it's awesome. Was Ricky Fowler there, or did they show him? I, you know what? They didn't scan it. They literally, it was pretty quick. It seemed to be a lot faster. They just had Jack, Tom, and Gary, and not a whole lot going on. The chairman read uh, read off his cue card, and they teed off, and it was, uh, ladies and gentlemen, the Masters officially underway. And did they uh, did they show Arnie's empty chair? Did they have that? No. They did not show that. That's terrible. They've they've had Arnie's empty chair with a green jacket on it the last few years. Yeah, no, I did. They did not show that. I watched it from start to finish. Yeah, so. Golf Channel, Golf Channel's failing. If they had it there and didn't show, well, this it, was on. Yeah, this was ESPN. Oh, it was ESPN? Okay, well that explains it. Yeah, <laughs> you got a, a hey, I got a show going. I got to tell you real quick too. You uh, you do so damn well with these promos that you run for your sponsors. I I don't even need Windows right now. I'm thinking about getting a stack of them for the basement just to sit down. <laughs> I appreciate that, and Window World appreciates it too. <laughs> so hey i wanted to ask um you were talking about uh obviously a lot today a uh, great show but 
when we're talking about these guys and, and everybody's worried about, uh, well, continuing to talk about how, you know, Hillary never got charged. And, you know, if we do get a Republican in there that we feel like that might actually make a difference. My concern is that the reason why a, even a Republican attorney general doesn't actually do anything is because, you know, we all know that they're still crooked too. Absolutely. And, and Hillary, if I'm not mistaken, and I don't know the law as well as, as others, of course, but the underlying issue with Trump's indictment right now is they're trying to say that he used campaign finances to do what he did to pay off Stormy Daniels. Is that correct? No one knows what they're saying because they didn't identify a crime. So we don't know what they're actually saying. Well, because my, uh, there, there seems my thing to be is, some, some if gibberish, that's the case, Kevin. Well, well, there seems to be some gibberish in this claim that oh, sure. this payment to Stormy Daniels had something to do with federal uh, election campaign funds, although the outgoing chairman of the Federal Election Commission said, no, there's nothing that they did even untoward, much less illegal. So I don't know if that's what he's charging him with, and neither does Trump. He's the only guy who's been charged in this world <laughs> that has been charged with a crime they won't identify. Well, okay, so I guess my question is, though, if hypothetically, if that is the case, and that's what they're trying to actually charge this guy with, then what is the difference? And I hate to sound like this. Well, he said, she said, or, you know, she did this. Why did I get why am I getting in trouble? But if Hillary used her campaign funds, which is not speculation, it is fact that we know she used her campaign funds to, to fund the Steele dossier. What tell me? I get it. It's not paying off a porn star, but it's still using campaign funds for something that's why is it? What's the difference? The difference is Hillary Clinton committed a crime and Donald Trump did not. That's the difference. Well, Donald, Donald I Trump guess did, I, let's, let's just say Donald Trump called Michael Cohen and said, Hey, pay her to shut her up, get rid of her. That's perfectly legal. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm not quite sure how I get this. Michael Cohen was not the campaign treasurer. Michael Cohen wrote the check. Whether Trump ordered him to write the check or not, somebody needs to prove to me that the money came from the campaign fund, which it did not. And it it, it, it had nothing to do, the argument is very clear, it had nothing to do with the campaign. He, he was, any, any woman, let's just say that you did have an affair with someone, it's going to embarrass you in front of your wife, your family. Who wants that? Nobody wants that. No, you're right. And I, I, I tell you what, what people really need to start paying attention to um, and I've always said this, while the national elections uh, will get the most press, uh, and of course, especially with a polarizing figure like Donald Trump, um, we you got to start paying attention to what goes around at your local levels a little bit more. Because look what Kim Gardner tried to do to Eric Reitens. Um, she's the same scumbag piece of shit that this Bragg guy is up in New York. And, well, she didn't try to do it. She did it. Well, you're right. I mean, it's but it, it's it's one of those it's that local leadership that people vote in that is. And I hate to use the word leadership with scumbags like that, but when you vote that kind of scum in, this is what you get. Well, my advice to anyone running for office in this area, do not have anything to do with St. Louis. And then you'll be out of her jurisdiction. Because if you're a Republican, she will try to destroy you. Well, I, uh, it's unfortunate, but um, I think you've said it many, many times, my friend. Uh, boy, the world we live in is just, it's scary. It's its downright stupid. And, uh, you know, I'm glad that uh, I'm glad I got less time on this earth, unfortunately, than I have left, because I don't want to I don't know how much longer I want to put up with this bullshit. Yeah, I would not want to be a young kid anymore. I mean, that's a sad thing to say. Most most people, when they get a little older, they think, gosh, I wish I was young again. I don't wish I was young. 
I have oh, no desire oh, to go no, back. Yeah, well, I, I have a desire to go back. If I could go back to the time I was young, yes. But I have no desire to be young in this country, not today. I couldn't fathom. I mean, going back to high school right now, first off, I, I got a big enough beer belly as it is since I've been drinking since 19 years old. I don't need to start drinking when I'm 10. <laughs> well, just Stupid don't drink anheuser Bush. Oh, well, speaking of that, Kevin, I've been a I've been a Bud Light guy all my life. Uh, last night, I had a few with some friends at a local establishment, uh, and it was Coors Light the whole night, buddy. Carpe I, Coors to you. There will be no more Bud Light, man. I, I just can't do it. I couldn't so, either. Uh, Kevin, I actually took the day off today because it's a, a holiday for us, Masters. We're going to uh, spend the day at a buddy's house in his basement watching nothing but Masters and having, having some more Coors Light. You are, you are a guy that everybody dreams of being. <laughs> Kevin, have a wonderful day. Great show, man. Really good. Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate it. Take care now. Boy, what a day. Huh? You get to be in a man cave. Wouldn't it, the, the ideal place for a guy today is a man cave with the masters on and a recliner and your buddies around and your wife waiting on you. No, I'm joking about the last part. Come on now. But beer aplenty, food, big Subway sandwiches or something. Or, better yet, bring some Taco Bell in with that beer. Oh, here it is. Here's the man's dream. The man cave, the masters, Taco Bell and beer. Woo! I talked myself into it. Talked myself into it. Phew, man. I'm getting a little shaky. Getting shaky in the knees over that. Well, folks, your takeaways from today's show is liberals don't care. That's a takeaway from every show. Remember, you can easily judge the character of a man by how he treats those who can do nothing for him. You might want to apply that to Donald Trump and to Biden. You can easily judge the character of a man by how he treats those who can do nothing for him. How does Donald Trump treat those people? He works for them for free. He sacrifices his family business for them. How does Biden treat them? He destroys their economic life. He threatens them with extinction if they won't take an experimental drug. He raises their taxes. He raises the prices on everything they buy. Then he lies about everything while enriching himself and turns their lives over to the Chinese. I mean, could there be a bigger contrast in candidates? I don't believe there can be. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has announced that he is going to run as a Democrat. That's a scary proposition for Donald Trump and any Republican. Because I believe Robert Kennedy Jr. is a quality candidate. I don't know all of his stands on the issues. I know how he took on Fauci and the, the, the lies that the vax industry was telling us. So I applaud him for that. He's an old-time Democrat. But I would love to hear more of what he plans to do for the country. But I will say this, the Democrats will never let him win the nomination. They'll fix the primary season so that he can't win. Trust me. He's going to be, he's going to be Trumpized. They're going to rig it against him, and he won't have a prayer. It's sad when the liberals do that to a Kennedy, isn't it? Very sad. But they'll do it. We all know they'll do it. All right, folks, it's time for this. A tradition unlike any other, the Masters on CBS. From the Augusta National Golf Club in Augusta, Georgia, CBS Sports presents the Masters. 